0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 455, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, February the 22nd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 455. It's our comic reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, February the 22nd. This is coming to you on March 3rd is when this episode is going up, so a little bit late. Uh, So let's jump right into the books that came out uh, this, well... A week and a half ago now. Uh, First up is going to be the issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Actually, before we even get into that, I usually like to talk about some of the uh, releases that did come out uh, the week before. Um, And I did not, unfortunately, get a chance to read that many, but I can at least quickly talk about them. Um, So this episode, uh, we're talking about releases from the week of Wednesday, February the 22nd. There's actually a a fair bit of books that came out. Um, We had new issues of, let's see, Action Comics, uh, Astro City, Batgirl, Batman Beyond, Blue Beetle, uh, Deathstroke, Detective Comics, Flash um justice league of america etc uh teen titans wonder woman uh from idw there was uh let's see the batman team and t adventures number one super sorry director's cut i should say uh there was uh, the my little pony annual 2017 optimus Prime number four um transformers lost light number three for image you had books like a descender 19 few number two um, fix number eight. You have the Lake of Fire trade paperback. Uh, outcast by Kirkman and Azaceta number twenty-five. Uh, you had Shutter number twenty-seven. You had Snack Girl trade paperback volume one. Um, And then over at Marvel, you had a bunch of good books like Avengers 4.1, Black Panther, etc. Let's jump into the books I actually got a chance to read, though. First up, we do have, as I said before, Amazing Spider-Man. This is issue 24. Um, I was not a huge fan of this, did not like this. In fact, I think I do prefer the uh, Clone Conspiracy Omega one-shot, which came out the week after on March 1st, uh, to this particular book. Uh, it's called Night of the Jackals is the actual name of the story. It's by Dan Slott and Christos Gage with our work by Giuseppe Camoncoli. And I guess it's the last issue by Giuseppe Camoncoli for quite some time now that we're having imminent come on with the next issue. Uh, we got we barely see any actual Spider-Man. He's literally in one page. Uh, the rest of this is really about Ben Riley as he fights Otto, um, which we kind of saw a little bit of in Clone Conspiracy number 5. Uh, Otto is able to... Uh, you know, subdue or somehow electrocute or uh, Ben Riley and escape in theory with the proto clones. So we don't even know what that is or what it's going to end up being. Um, and then, so we have Ben Riley kind of disappearing and being going to a safe house and then fighting against the jackal. Um, now he's not a clone, so this is the original jackal. Uh, the whole thing is confusing. And not necessarily making a lot of sense. They have a bit of a fight, then there's a fire, and uh, Ben Riley escapes. It's really hard to get any good sense, though, of who is this character going to be. Uh, how are we going to be able to, you know, root for him in his own book based on how he's written here? Um, uh, next week, I'll talk about how he's written in the uh, Omega issue, which I thought was a lot better. Um, I'm going to give this issue a five. I just I was not a huge fan. I didn't think it was very good. Um, I think I'm being a little bit too nice But I did like the artwork by Kevin Coley He does a good job I just thought the story doesn't do a good job um, he's, I'm still not a fan of how Ben Riley is written It just didn't make a lot of sense to me It doesn't jive with anything about his character The fight with the jackal didn't even really feel as earned as it should I felt like it should mean more um, Considering how the jackal uh, had been kind of tormented uh, by Ben Riley. Although, uh, to be fair, uh, Ben Riley did it first Um that's uh, right, uh, Jackal did it first. and But I just thought there could have been a little bit more of an emotional payoff, and there just wasn't one. So I'm going to give it a 5. Uh, next up is Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 12, um, which is interesting. I, I like the slow build. I almost wish we had an issue at some point where they just took all the flashback moments and stitched them together into one narrative, because that's basically what we're getting, and I think if you did that, it would be a really interesting origin story. Um, that he's telling over the course of, you know, 12 issues and, and running. Uh, it's written by Nick Spencer, artwork by Javier Pina and Andres Guinaldo. Um, really like the flashback. Again, I really liked how the origin of this new version of Cap is being uh, put together. Um, everything about this was actually really interesting. Him, His, his history with Zemo, um, what's going on with Black Ant and Taskmaster, because they have discovered, you know, something that, A lot of people would want to know. Uh, The idea that Selvig is trying to figure out what Kovac really did. Uh, The only part that didn't really work for me as well is the appearance of Elisa Sinclair at the end. It definitely brings up some question marks. I just don't know if it was necessarily something I thought was necessary. Uh, I just said necessary to be necessary, so that that was unnecessary. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7. The reveal weakens it a little for me, but up until then I think I was in. Um, So I liked it. Uh, so so a 7 out of 10 is still a good rating. The next up is uh, Extraordinary X-Men number 19, which is part of the IVX crossover. It's written by Jeff Lemire. And artwork by Eric Kota. Um, this I found less interesting with everything that was going on with Magic and... Um, or even forget the name of that character that she'd been assisting before. I just felt it kind of took the character out of the, the crossover, which was more interesting, and into something else. And I have just haven't been as big a fan of that. And I felt, as an IVX tie-in, it felt very weak as well. Like It didn't really add anything, so I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Um, speaking of IVX, the second last issue came out, issue number 5. I continue to enjoy this. Um, more than an X Men event in you know, quite some time. It's written by Charles Sewell and Jeff Lemire, art by Javier Garon. Um, I thought it was really well done. You get to see more of Karnak fighting against Phantom X. Uh, you get to see the fight in X Haven between uh, Colossus and the Inhumans. Uh, they finally, you know, Havok is, you know, confronted by Medusa, etc. Um, you see more about what's going on with. Uh, Forge kind of designing it, the Terragen Eater. Uh, really interesting stuff. There's so much going on in so many different uh, avenues and venues. Um, I, I just found this tremendously entertaining and I'm excited to see what happens in the last chapter and hopefully they can stick the landing and really pull this off. I'm not sure where we're going yet, um, which is kind of exciting because you know you get this big, big event and all, all these characters and I'm not even really sure what the end game is going to be and that's kind of Sometimes it's a little thrilling to not know where you're going, uh, because so so many events sometimes feel like they're telegraphing themselves, and you kind of know where they're going. So here we don't. Uh, Next, that was an 8 out of 10. Next up is Prowler. This is issue number 5 by Sean Ryan and Javier Salteras. Uh, who's the layout artist and Jamal Campbell who does the, who's also credited as artist. Um, I thought this was really well done. I, I like the art. I like the whole story. like everything about this book so far I've actually been pretty engaged with um, Hobie Brown having to deal with you know his body falling apart and everything like, I thought was really interesting And the way that you know he kind of goes out and um, he's, he's always still standing and trying to go out as a hero. And uh, it's it's actually really sad at times. And then he's out, and then uh, like the clone dies. But we know that the he's actually not dead. He's the real version of him is still alive. And that's going to be, I guess, where we go forward, which is kind of an interesting way of kind of resetting the book, because we had a version of Prowler who was having to deal with the fact that, you know, he was he wanted to be a hero, he wants to be a good guy, but then, you know, things keep happening, and it keeps getting kind of waylaid, and him trying to struggle with his sense of self-worth, and then he dies, and then it turns out he never really died before the series even started, he was actually still alive, and now he, he kind of has to... Go on from there. Like I don't, I, I don't know how that'll work. But I really like this. Great art, great story, very strong. I do recommend if you haven't picked up this series that you pick up the trade paperback of it. Um, it was a very strong. Tie in miniseries. Although, tie in ongoing series, it's kind of like Spider Woman. Spider Woman got, uh, well, hers wasn't nearly as good, but she got an arc to start her book that was tied into a a Spider event, in this case, Spider Verse, and uh, wasn't the greatest uh, because it was kind of stuck in the confines of that event uh, without being able to kind of do its own thing, which actually probably got to, and then afterwards became a completely amazing different book. So it's just, you never know how these things are going to go. Next up is Southern Bastards, number 16. I feel like it's been forever since we've had an issue of this. I really like it. I mean, I continue to enjoy it. It's by Jason LaTour. Sorry, Jason Aaron and Jason LaTour. Um, And I thought this issue had a very strong sense of what it wanted to be and this type of story it was telling uh, with different characters um, and kind of seeing what's going on in the air. Like, now that... You know they they lost a game and seeing how uh, the coach is trying to kind of put an end to that and figure something out and um, that was really really interesting and uh, interesting to see where they go afterwards. Um, I think it's going to get a lot dirtier before it gets a lot, any cleaner. Um, I'm going to give it a I'll give it an eight. It's a solid eight. It continues to be a thrilling book. Next up is Spider Woman 16. Love this. Um, this is great. Uh, it's by Dennis Hopeless and Veronica Fish uh fish does a, a, just a brilliant job in the art here uh keeping um you know the signature st- uh, look and um uh, and style and tone is still here even though we have a different artist it's just she does such an amazing job and hopeless just nails the scripting and the way the characters are written um loved 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 everything that we saw here on how um roger acted and um this was just awesome and uh yeah, no, I, I I loved every minute of this. I, I just thought it was so good, and uh, seeing Carol come back at the end was nice. And um, this this was this was really entertaining. Like I almost don't want to say anything else because it's just so good. And I'm really excited to read the next issue, uh, see what happens next. Um, I'm hoping Roger gets the beard back because I miss the beard. But um, yeah, this is. This feels like a very long, you know. This is issue 16 of Spider Woman. I forget how far the last volume went, but it was it went a while too. Like, I just feel like they've been the hopeless has been telling such a beautiful story of Jess and the characters around her, and he's you know had to deal with crossovers and like Civil War and Spider Verse, but he's been able to kind of do the best he can and keep this thorough line going that you really care about Jess. And I've loved the porcupine and when they killed him I was so heartbroken I couldn't believe it because the issue before was so gorgeous and wonderful and um, and heartwarming and then where it ended up I'm really happy with that as well um, I'm gonna give this a nine I, I absolutely love Spider Woman It's such a great book I, I wish more people would be reading it uh, next up is Uncanny Avengers this is issue number 20 called as the World Burns it's got uh, art by Pepe Raz and it's written by Jerry Dugan continues the Red Skull story as uh, Deadpool tries to figure out a way to, with the people he's kind of brought together to uh, take down Red Skull and the Uncanny Avengers. Um, bru- some brutal action here, but it's really entertaining and thrilling. I'm excited to see what we're going to have going up next. Um, this is great. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, it remains uh, a really thrilling and enjoyable book, and I'm glad that someone is dealing with the whole Red Skull uh, having uh, Xavier's brain because that's just something that I, I never liked, but I'm glad that someone's at least doing something with it because if they just leave it alone and they do anything, it just seems like you're losing it. You're really missing an opportunity. And why wouldn't the X Men be trying to do more to stop this? Um, So I'm I'm glad that Rogue has kind of been that character to kind of take that on. Uh, Looking forward to Think books we'll be talking about on episode 457. Um, We'll have discussion on new comics that came out on uh, March 1st. Some of the highlights that came out March 1st include Aquaman, Batman, Cyborg, um, Death of Hawkman, the last issue of that. uh, Flintstones, uh, Green Arrow, Green Lanterns, Harley Quinn, uh, Justice League, Midnighter and Apollo, it's the last issue of that. Was that always billed as a miniseries? I, I don't know about that. Uh, Nightwing, uh, Shade the Changing Girl, Superpowers, uh, Superman. Uh, there's a Zatanna by Paul Dini trade paperback. Um, let's see. We got uh, Uncle Scrooge, the Himalayan Hideout trade paperback coming out. Uh, over at Image, we have new issues of Paper Girls, uh, Rock Queens, Royal City, uh, new issue of Walking Dead, and... Um, Let's see. And then over at Marvel, we have America number one, Avengers, Bullseye, a new printing of the Carnage USA trade paperback. It's kind of an interesting uh, choice for a new printing. New issues of Champions, Clone Conspiracy, Omega. Uh, there's the Daredevil by Mark Waid Omnibus uh, Volume 1, which I kind of want, but I have it all in trade. Like There's no need for me to have it. And in fact, if anything, there's less of a reason, because I used to have, uh, this always bothered me, I had the first, sorry, I had Volume 2 of the Omnibus of Daredevil by uh, Bendis, not Volume One, which I was supposed to get, and then uh, Amazon never sent it to me, and then they were out of print, and then they were gone. Uh, and then at that time, I also had Brubaker Volume One and Two Omnibus, and then I eventually I was like, "Well, you know, I'm not going to be buying any more hardcovers or Omnibuses of Daredevil. Why don't I just have all the all the soft covers?" So I transitioned into having the Bendis uh, co- uh, Ultimate co- Collections, and then having the same for uh, Brubaker. So I have you know that huge swath of Daredevil just in trade, and then I was like well, I better do the same thing with Mark Wade. I'll be getting these in trade. And now they're doing omnibuses, and I'm like, ah, if I can only go back in time and kind of rejigger things, because I just don't have the heart to repurchase an omnibus, and I like having everything kind of one f- style of format, which I know some people could care less about. For me, I, if I'm going to have it in hardcover, I want it all in hardcover. If I'm going to have it in softcover, I want it in softcover. I don't want to be switching between venues if I can help it. Um, there's the Carnac-shaped paperback flannel things, the Gardens of the Galaxy by Jim Valentino omnibus, Kind of surprised they're putting in an omnibus, not because it's not good material. It's I would not have thought the behind the list, but I guess with Guardians of the Galaxy, that's why they're doing it. They've already done it in trades, so I guess they just thought let's do it all in one big omnibus now. There's also the Deadpool adamantium collection slipcase. Seems like it's a year too late, well it's never too late with with Deadpool. But it does feel like it could have been out a year ago. Uh, the fourth issue of Monsters Unleashed, a new issues of Moon Knight. There's the uh, New Avengers by Bendis complete collection paperback volume three. Uh, we've got Silk Slaps. Spider Man 2099, there's the Spider Man Homecoming Prelude, which I've never really been reading these preludes. I wonder if they're any good. Uh, they got new issues of Star Wars, Totally Awesome Hulk 1.mu, uh, and The Uncanny and Humans Hardcover Volume 1. There's the X Factor Epic Collection, finally starts its run with the uh, trade paperback called Genesis and Apocalypse, uh, which is a resolicitation, actually. It was originally started a long time ago, or was going to. And then um, from uh, kind of the other selection or other. Publishers. Uh, there's also could be the Archie 75th Anniversary Digest Number Seven, uh, as well as the Disney Pixar Cars Comics Treasury. So that is just uh, some of the books coming out next week. Uh, or, and by next week, I mean two days ago. Uh, as well as James Bond Number One. It's a, a new James Bond title. As well as Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Number Twelve. There's the C2C. Uh, I don't even know what this is. Exclusive Chew variant. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Anyway, and the Riverdale One-Shot is also coming out. So that's coming out on the 1st of March. And I'll be talking about in probably about a week. I like to say, oh, I'll be talking about it before March 8th. Eh, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Our next episode, um, which I guess would be 4.56, will be our spotlight on Logan, uh, which comes out on March 3rd. And uh, after that, not really sure exactly the release schedule. Uh, we have some great episodes coming up in the next month or so uh, with Eric Larson. Uh, we have some movie episodes that we might be doing. I don't know for sure if we're going to be doing an episode on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers yet, uh, or if we're going to be doing one on Beauty and the Beast those might be coming out I'm not sure uh, if we're going to end up recording them or not Um, so we're going to have another conversation with Eric Larson uh, an episode with David Banks coming up an episode with uh Oh, there's a bunch. Um, Paul Galassi is going to be coming up. Adam Glass coming up. Uh, I think we're working on scheduling with Justin Ponser. Um, so some some great stuff is coming uh, down the pike. So I hope you will uh, stay with us throughout the spring as we uh, try to bring more and more uh, conversation episodes to you. Uh, it's all as part of a big ramp-up to uh, episode 500 in August. Uh, that should be coming up on August 12th, the 5th anniversary of Comic Shenanigans. Um, that'll be you <laughs> Man, after the 400th episode was what? I think like a six and a half hour r- ridiculous marathon. Uh, I think there's kind of a, a high bar has been set to try and uh, put together a long, big episode. Um, just based on timing, I don't know if it's going to happen. A lot of that episode last year was done on uh, on my vacation at a, at a cottage, which is actually this year happening after uh, that episode will have gone up. So I have to figure something else out instead. Anyways, thanks again for joining me for this episode. And uh, if you want to email us, you can do so at comicshenetigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes and you can also listen to us on Stitcher thanks again for uh, joining us for Comic Shenanigans and we'll catch you next time bye bye